Hello, everyone. Happy Monday, and welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. I have had extremely busy weeks, as you probably noticed if you listen every single week and keep up with the podcast. The intros have been lacking or non-existent, but we're back this week with an intro and then a main episode with a guest today. Jim Cashmer of Doctors Disability Specialists. It's not trying to like sell you on any specific thing. It's very informative and I think you'll all learn a lot about things you should be considering in dental school that are going to set you up well for your future. But before we get into that, I did just want to recap what's been going on in my life because we haven't had a chance to chat in a little bit. So it is the 3rd of March right now when I'm recording this, and I just finished my last practical in SimLab, um, my most recent one, I guess, to better phrase that, and we had to do a class 4 restoration and a class 5 restoration. So I'm hoping that those went well, and I'm hoping I'll pass. I'll definitely update you all in future episodes once I find out, but the two weeks before that, we had seven midterms. We had two midterms in one week and then five midterms over the course of four days in the following week. And I've gotten my grades back for all of those. I did pass them all, some better than others. Some were like in the 90s, some were in the 70s, some were in the 80s. It really arranged, but I'm happy to have gotten through it. And I've heard, this depends who you ask at our school, but that D1 winter is the hardest term. So I'm hoping that going forward, things get a little bit easier, or I'm sure the main thing is that you just get better at handling it is what I would imagine. So I'm looking forward to being a D2 officially in May. It really doesn't feel real, but I'm definitely going to make some kind of podcast episode about tips for dental school and like things that I wish I knew, things I've learned. That'll be coming in the future, but I just wanted to kind of let you all know that I've been quite busy with school. I got through everything. It went okay, and I'm really looking forward to the next couple weeks of just relaxing a little bit. We have finals towards the middle of April, and then we're off from the 22nd until May 4th is when we start our summer term, and I'll be a D2 in that term. And I'm going to go on a little trip, so I'm excited about that. And everything is going really well on my end. Obviously, it's a little busy and stressful, but you can ensure that there will be a podcast every Monday, hopefully intros that are real-time catching you up, but I'll definitely make sure to always have those episodes up at 5 a.m. Monday for you all. And again, if you're not following me on YouTube, I post videos every single Wednesday showing dental school or different tips, like I just recorded a personal statement video about some mistakes I've commonly seen while proofing personal statements, so that should be up probably the second week of March, so definitely go over there and subscribe and follow along. I am also doing a 3,000 subscriber giveaway on my YouTube, so I figured I'd mention that here. So again, you'll want to head over to my YouTube probably again the second week of March, and I will have a video explaining all of it. So there's going to be a post on Instagram as well as a post on YouTube explaining it. Again, my Instagram for me for dental school is Haley Schultz underscore YT. The podcast Instagram is just at at Dental Download Podcast, but I'm going to be giving to one winner within the United States. I'm going to be giving away some burst floss. I just started using it and I absolutely love it. It's like a black and expanding floss, so it gets a lot of stuff up and because it's black, you can like see everything, so it's very satisfying. And then a scrub cap and some tooth little magnets and a badge reel, as well as your choice of a custom design dental sweatshirt off of Etsy and 
also some super cute dental stickers, as well as my favorite two types of toothpaste from Crest, the Crest Gum Sensitivity and Crest Gum Detoxify. So all that comes out to being around $100 value. So I'm very excited to give that away to one of you all, one of my amazing subscribers and supporters. So make sure you enter that giveaway over on YouTube is the way you're going to enter, but I'll definitely be mentioning it across all of the platforms. That way, as many people as possible have a chance to enter. I believe it'll close probably at the beginning of April. But with all that being said, why don't we go ahead and get into this main episode with Jim. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everyone. So we're joined with another guest today. So I'm going to let him introduce himself and talk a little bit about what he does. Oh, thank you, Haley. So this is, uh, my name is Jim Cashmar, and I work with a team of folks in the Boston, Massachusetts area. We're called Doctors Disability Specialists, and we've been doing and helping, uh, doing work and helping uh, the dental profession, I'll say, and dental students uh, procure, learn about, um, uh, get disability insurance as they head into the RW, the real world. So for people listening, can you explain what disability insurance is and maybe why we have to try to get it? Sure. So if you went out into the uh, real world uh, and you worked for a major corporation like um, Motorola or uh, Apple or someone like that, then uh, they often have benefits. And so you basically, you know, you sign on for your you get a salary, you trade your time and effort and talents for, for, for a salary and some benefits. As a dentist, dental student, you go out into the real world and they just don't offer those benefits. So one of the greatest risks you actually have, you put all this time and effort into dental school, um, maybe borrowed a bunch, a bunch of money, uh, and you step out onto that curb of life and you're about to start making 100 150, 200,000, more thousand dollars a year. And if you don't have the safety net of disability insurance, and if you were to, I don't know, uh, break your wrists or have some dread disease and um, your income went away, this is how you protect it. You buy disability insurance. Got it. And at what point, because most of our listeners are dental students, would they be considering um, contacting people like you to get this insurance? So typically, as they rise from a D3 to a D4 is when the companies that uh, are out there that do this and do this well will even offer a contract. Um, so the time to start you know, uh, educating yourself is, well, is now. But the time it actually becomes uh, germane, important to you is um, probably should rise from a D3, D4. We help people typically in the first semester or uh, of their D4 year is a pretty common time to start the conversation. Um, people actually start putting applications in then or sometimes wait till procrastinators, maybe, uh, you know, a graduation comes like, oh, I haven't done it yet. So uh, but we tell, help people in the D4 typically here. 
Got it. And is that different if someone is doing a residency or specialty program? Would they still need disability insurance? That's a very good question. And that is really a function or a matter of, um, I want to call it opinion. It's more like how much risk tolerance do you have? So if you think I will not get hurt, which don't we all think that we're all, you know, um, <laughs> we're all uh, superheroes, right? Uh, so especially the young, um, and that's what you guys all are. Uh, you just don't think you're going to get hurt. So if you want to wait uh, until residency, you certainly can. The risk you run is what if you do have that um, fall on the ice and uh, with that needle stick. Uh, that's kind of a one that has popped up several times in conversations with people we've talked with about disability insurance. And until you get that test back to find out, you know, hepatitis or other things, um, then uh, you just you have that moment of holding your breath and saying, first of all, do I have that dread disease? But also, how does that affect my ability to protect myself with things like disability insurance? So I would recommend you talk with us as you are heading towards that graduation date from your uh, traditional, you know, um, dental school, and um, we can at least educate you on on that. Got it. And so, let's say you are heading into D four year. What's it going to look like? The process to get this insurance. So for us, uh, we conduct a roughly half an hour phone call meeting where we share our screen and. You can um, watch us as we uh, basically educate about the different aspects of a disability plan. So, um, and that takes, you know, roughly half an hour and we get you comfortable with some of the language and some of the terminology. Uh, I'll just throw a couple out there quickly just to give you examples, but like own occupation is one you'll hear that's very important. Uh, Non-cancelable and guaranteed renewable is very important. Uh, so, um, so those types of terms we, we explain in, in detail um, we try not to make it too tedious or, you know, we don't expect you to be experts by the time we're done with our, our phone call, but um, our meeting, but at least you'll be conversant and um, knowledgeable and be able to make good decisions around, around, um, you know, this, this process. Then uh, the next step is uh, conduct or filling out an application to, to get um, approval from one of the carriers that we work with. And uh, that takes a month or two sometimes, depending on doctor's records and various and sundry things like that. Um, and then we have a meeting where we literally, you know, interact with you on the computer screen and you help design your own plan that's right for you. And um, that's pretty much it. You know, you make your first payment. We try to keep things very affordable for, we understand that as a graduating D4, um, you know, it, there's just not a lot of money there. So, we uh, make sure the plans are very affordable, but that you can grow into them. And um, so that medical test that people take to get insurance um, right now is being waived because of COVID. Uh, I don't know what the future holds as far as that goes. But one really nice uh, aspect of, of our education is getting your first plan when you're, say, 26 or you know, 28, 30, whenever you graduate from dental school. Hopefully, that's a last time you have to go through a medical exam or the insurance company can kind of like look at your medical records to say, yes, we'll approve you for more coverage or no, we, you know, we can't offer you coverage um, when you're young and healthy like that. Got it. So when you're sitting down and kind of designing the plan, are you basically just picking what types of situations you want to have coverage, like in case it happens? Oh. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Uh, no, uh, maybe partially, I guess. Uh, so I'll give you an example. 
So uh, you can choose to have your plan start after uh, three months or after six months or after a year. And most of our dental students don't have a ton of savings yet. So they typically choose, you know, three months, 90 days before a plan would kick in. Uh, some of our um, uh, established dentists who haven't, you know, taken the time or, or maybe they want to add to their disability coverage and they um, need to start maybe, I won't say from scratch, but with a new plan, uh, if they've got six months or a year's worth of savings in the bank, they might choose to do a, um, a longer waiting period or, you know, the plan may not kick in until six months or a year because they can almost self-insure during that time. So that's one example of how you can kind of design a plan that works best for your needs. Um, there are other examples too. I mean, uh, the amount of coverage you have, you as a general dentist can typically get fifteen dollars or $20,000 of, of coverage. <laughs> as a D4 coming out of school, uh, you know, normally we start with the $2,000 or $4,000 benefit, depending on circumstances. And um, we help you just pick the one that's going to be affordable and not, you know, just come out of school, putting you behind the eight ball, but making sure that it is um, something you can build and grow on or grow into over time, again, without doing future medical tests, if you can avoid it. Got it. That makes sense. So what are some of the other things that get looked at when you're considering someone's ability to get disability insurance? There are really two aspects of this. One is um, the financial side, like, you can't protect uh, $300,000 of income when you're just graduating. It's just, so there's a financial um, consideration, but most of these carriers that handle um, the dental and, you know, young medical professional market, they'll offer, you know, some amount without any financial underwriting. Um, once you get into the real world, they'll start asking for tax returns because you do have an income history and income pattern at that point. And they, they will insure you up to a certain you know amount, but, really the crux of this conversation and this question, I think is more on the medical underwriting. And so they do, they'll take a look at your medical records. They'll ask you questions um, in normal times. I'll call them. They'll actually send a nurse out to come and do blood pressure and, you know, check your height and weight and some of the vitals. Uh, but they're waiving that now, as I mentioned. Uh, so, but things like in your medical record, I'll give you an example. Uh, if you went to the chiropractor, you know, say you're a D3 and you, you just you feel stressed and you think, you know, my friend went to the chiropractor, they feel a lot better, I'm going to go to the chiropractor. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're actually doing yourself a disservice, not for your back. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you'll feel better and stress will be less and that will be good. Uh, but just in a vacuum and not that life, you don't live life in a vacuum, but since you asked, and this is definitely something we run into, um, if you hadn't gone to the chiropractor during that D3 year, then uh, when you apply for your disability policy, you would be able to get a clean disability policy. There'd be no exclusions, which I can explain in a second. But um, because you went to the chiropractor, the underwriters only get one chance to kind of look at your situation and say, yeah, we'll insure you and we'll put ourselves at risk. This is insurance company speaking um, for the next 30, 40 years. And the second you have that, I'll call it a blemish, the second you have that spot in your record that says, I went to the chiropractor, even if it's just for like maintenance or like, you know, just to feel better, um, they sometimes will exclude that. So um, that can be an issue. Got it. Are there any other, I guess, common situations or issues you run into when you're working with these new graduates? 
So there are, uh, in the, well, I guess everybody's different. And then there's also some maybe common themes we see. I mentioned stress a minute ago. Certainly dental school is stressful. Um, and we have some situations, um, I should recall situational anxiety or situational depression, things like that. Uh, a lot of times they involve, like, if you're in dental school and you lose a parent, that can be extremely obviously stressful and, and, and um, emotional. So sometimes you go see someone, your doctor, you say, I'm feeling, a, you know, sad or depressed or, or anxious, and they'll um, prescribe you some medication to help you get through that time. And from a medical perspective and your, your health, that's very appropriate. From an, a disability insurance perspective, that can have an impact on how your policy is written, you know, once you go to apply and get it. So again, I always suggest do not let the tail wag the dog. If you need medical care, go get it. Um, and I also just make this little caveat, you know, be honest. Like when you apply for your policies, you know, if you've been to the chiropractor, if you've been to, um, you know, therapist, you need to disclose that because you don't want to have any um, problems. If there is a claim and they investigate and find out you did go see, you know, this other medical uh, care provider, and you weren't completely honest and forthright, then you just don't have any issues. You want you want to have the claim be as uh, I'll say clean as possible. But um, but yeah, that's an example where like you know medical history, um, even as innocuous or as innocent as it might seem, can actually lead to an exclusion. Which I mentioned earlier, I was going to talk about exclusions. When you buy a disability policy, you get it um, so that uh, whatever the ailment is is covered. Um, there are times that when you buy a policy, it's a certain rate and you'll get your call back from your broker. Like me and my, my partner, Tyler, uh, uh, we talked with him a few weeks ago, you and I, but, uh, uh, he couldn't make the call today. He apologizes, but, but here, here I am, right. When you apply for that policy and you talk to your broker about how the offer or how the approval came back, there are times that your broker will say to you, it came back perfectly with this one exception. We, your back is not covered, you know forever or for a period of time. And um, uh, um, maybe it's, uh, you know, mental health category, maybe it's uh, something else, maybe uh, risk because you had a fall on the ice and you got some hardware put in on your dominant hand. Um, so there are lots of examples I could give you, but that's kind of a little flavor. So just to make sure I'm understanding it right. It's basically like if you have already had back problems throughout your lifetime, then when you're going to try to get disability insurance, the policy won't cover back issues. And if those stop you from working, you're not going to get any like payment because of something that happened to your back. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. And again, there are a few little, uh, you know, kind of details that, that, that I should share. There are ways to get that uh, language uh, lifted. So, and, and you said back problems for your whole life, but sometimes it's just like an innocent visit to the chiropractor. We, we went once and it's in your record, and you need to disclose that. And then the the uh, underwriters, the insurance companies, they just they don't have the luxury of kind of having the they don't come see you personally. They don't you know they, they don't see how maybe you're like a terrific you know ballet dancer or a terrific athlete, and they just don't have the um, luxury of you know investigating everybody that much or you know looking at somebody's situation that that carefully. So they have to go on statistics, and those statistics point to chiropractor equals let's not cover the back. Um, but one of the nice reasons and a reason why you might work with folks like me and Tyler is we will go to bat for you with all the carriers. And if we hear from an underwriter and saying, we're going to not cover the back, we'll say, well, 
could we possibly get that reconsidered in three years if there's no further treatment? And then we mark our charts. Um, we, we call our files charts. We work with a lot of dentists, as we mentioned, and that's just uh, kind of a little, you know, I guess it's um, not commiseration, but following along, you know, the lines of your own profession. But, um, but we will we'll mark our charts and we'll contact you and, well, we contact you every year, but we'll make a note for that third year to have that be one of the agenda items to get that exclusion lifted from your policy with the care that we, um, we work with you on. Got it. And so I guess just looking at, I guess, a potential realistic but bleak situation. So someone ended up where they're not able to practice anymore. Are there any other kinds of insurances that would help supplement that for them? Or would it kind of just be like, sell your practice, try to find a new profession to like get by, I guess? Well, if somebody did not um, take the time or didn't think it was important or just for a reason didn't get disability insurance, you know, coming out of school or early in their career and they buy a practice, um, they get hurt or sick and can't practice dentistry anymore, their options are limited. And unfortunately, we've seen it where, uh, you know, even probably in your own local community, before you're even in dentistry, you might have heard of a dentist that closed down their, their office whether it's a death or a disability or some other reason, but um, it's a situation where if you have put in place a plan and you can buy yourself some time, then you can sell your practice at a premium versus, you know, every day that goes by that your practice is doesn't have you there and it's only hygiene or, you know, it's limited production based on maybe one associate versus the owner and the associate. Um, the practice value diminishes. So uh, certainly if, you know, you're uninsurable um, and you can't get insurance, then if it were me, I would have a plan, a backup plan where another local dentist that I talk with would step in. But I don't know, these conversations, they sound good on, on paper, you know, um, in theory, but it just doesn't always work out. And um, even here, I live in Maine, by the way, Tyler and the rest of the partners of my, of my um, company or my firm are in Massachusetts. Um, but we had a dentist a few years ago that had not made a backup plan. And when they went to passed away and, uh, when the practice finally sold, it sold at a, you know, much lesser value. So the estate had to deal with, you know, not just their, um, the, the patriarch of the family passing away, but also, um, this diminished asset that with little planning could have, you know, gone, gone better. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I just wanted to clarify things in my own perception because I'm sure people listening are kind of at the same level as me. So it's good to make sure we understand everything. Um, Another thing I was curious about, so is there an advantage to starting to get your disability insurance right when you graduate and start practicing? Does it actually help your ability to get better coverage over time or is it just like there there's less risk? Well, both really. Um, so the risk we already addressed, so you know that part, but uh, the younger you are and you buy it, the, the less expensive it is. So when you're young and healthy, uh, then your rate will be your rate. And um, so, and not going to that medical in the future. So if you, I'll give you an example. Let's say we have a 28 year old, you know, recent graduate or soon to be graduate and they buy their, their first plan and um, they get the, best possible contract language out there and they get at the cheapest rates. Let's just use that example. Now let's say one of their classmates waits four years to buy 
they're going to buy at age 32, um, you know, which is different than age 28. But there's also a chance of something coming or creeping up in their medical history that either compromises the contract language or causes an exclusion or causes to be more expensive or maybe they can't get it at all. So I guess I came back to the rest, didn't I? Sorry about that. But um, but yes, the sooner you buy it, uh, the better off you are for a number of reasons. Got it. Yeah, that's what I assume. Just wanted to follow up with that. Um, A couple other things that I guess you and your partner are more involved in and aware of because you've been doing this for so long. Um, You mentioned that sometimes you're even helping people that you work with find different job opportunities and everything. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, um, and you're right, it's been 14 years now that doctors disability specialists has been helping this specific industry dentistry and along the way you develop relationships and you develop relationships with dentists and dental schools and uh, dental societies and people that are in banking and accountants and practice brokers and um, uh, people that are, you know, in, in product sales, I'll say, or, you know, that, that actually do supply, supplying the different dental offices are in the area. So you just didn't know, you know, people, so you get the word in the street. So you, you find out what dental practice needs new associate who's looking, um, you know, is there a practice for sale, uh, so we've done a lot of consulting, um, and in our case, we do it for free because you know our main event is disability insurance for for dental students and dentists. But uh, one of the nice things you get with us is also, I guess, our connections and our experience. So um, yeah, we do a lot of meetings. And by the way, just a little sidebar here, but we we probably meet with ten or twelve dentists a day, um, and some of our meetings are ten minutes, and some are half an hour. Very. Sh- Rarely do they go longer than that. We just understand how busy dentists are and what's happening in their lives. So we try to keep things brief. We try to keep them uh, informative. We try to keep them um, efficient. So, um, but oftentimes we'll have a career advice, you know, talk with somebody, um, helping them find work or transition or buy a practice. That's one of, frankly, it's one of Tyler's favorite things to do is to help a, a, a young, you know, recent graduate three, four years out uh, by their first practice. That's a real passion of his. That's awesome. So I feel like we covered a lot about insurance today, obviously, but is there anything else you feel like the people listening really need to know? Well, I just, you know, before we actually started recording this today, you and I talked a little bit about some options when people can't get insurance or what are some things they can do to set themselves up early. And, and I think your audience might even be a, because you're a D1, um, kind of earlier, this almost to say it might fall on deaf ears. I mean, it's only, it's, it's a lifetime from now, three years from now, and you're going to graduate. And so, um, but what can you do now? And I would say, you know, if you can do it, avoid the chiropractor, avoid, you know, getting prescriptions for, you know, some mental health stuff. Again, don't let the tail wag the dog, get the help you need, but just be aware of like the consequences and ramifications of that from that future, you know, there is a future you that will want to protect your income and you're going to make, Gosh, eight, $10 million over your lifetime. It's a big, those are big numbers, I realize, but it's, it's true. And some will make more, some, will, some won't make that much. You know, maybe they'll be in public dentistry, what have you. But um, so that's one piece of advice is just be aware of what goes on to your medical records. Um, be forthright when you do apply, it's really important. Um, you can, during your uh, dental school years, uh, get involved with, the, uh, with ASDA 
And there's a free, yes, free, the price of free is good, uh, plan where um, it's a company called Great West, and they'll give you $2,000 of, of benefit that you can actually convert into a plan um, in the future. Uh, there are some aspects, some education things that we go through during our meetings where the contract language, you, you might want to you know, buy privately after school, but, um, but having that in your back pocket is, um, we found it invaluable at times. There are some people we work with that just can never buy a dollar's worth of disability insurance on the open market. So having that as the plan in place is, is good. Um, and there are other options too that I, I guess it's not really in the scope of this you know, podcast today, but we do have options for those who aren't insurable, I'll say. So, um, but no, thanks for asking that question. That, that helped me get the word out about the as the plan, which I think is important. Yeah, for sure. So if people do have any questions or if they're listening and they want to get in touch with doctors, disability specialists, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, you can just email uh, me at uh, james.cashmar, K-A-C-H-M-A-R, at ddsteam.net. Uh, uh, that's probably the best way to get a hold of, of, of us for questions. And uh, like I said, there are six of us on the team. We work all over the country. Um, we do uh, lunch and learns at a bunch of the different dental schools and residency programs and so forth. So um, and that's, uh, we enjoy doing that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Haley. Good luck with your uh, podcast and your dental career. And I'm looking forward to watching uh, you grow. (laughs) Thank you. All right. That is the end of this week's episode. Next week, I'm coming on with another request that some of you sent in to me through the Dental Download Podcast Instagram. Again, let me just plug the Dental Download Podcast Facebook group. It hasn't been super active lately, but again, I encourage you all to join and to post in it if you have questions. If you're going to be applying this cycle, I'll probably make a thread so you all can meet each other, maybe make some kind of group chat to help each other out, or if you're starting to take your DAT this semester or this coming summer or something, or if you're in dental school and have a question about a certain type of prep or restoration. And hopefully it'll continue to grow with us as a lot of us age up through the dental career and everything. But next week's episode is a request, like I said, and that's going to be how incoming dental students can prepare for their fall semester or to start dental school. I'm going to have a lot of different tips and reflecting on some of my own experiences. I'll probably try to grab some experiences from some of my peers as well at other dental schools just to give you all as much advice as possible. But for now, that is everything for this week's episode, and I will talk to you all next Monday.